Welcome to the Tech Ed Podcast, where we visit with leaders who are shaping, innovating, and disrupting technical education. People who are not afraid to think differently, not afraid to try something new, all with the goal of securing the American dream for the next generation of STEM and workforce talent. If you're joining us for the first time, maybe you're joining us on YouTube where we are streaming live all week from the International Manufacturing Technology Show. If you're streaming on any of the 43 podcast platforms where you can now find the Tech Ed Podcast, welcome. It is great to have you with us. My name is Matt Kirkner. I am your host. And as we said, we are live all week from the International Manufacturing Technology Show, the largest and longest running show of its kind in the entire Western Hemisphere. Our guest today is somebody who travels all over the Western Hemisphere and all over the Eastern Hemisphere in his role as the sales manager, industrial applications for a company that I think a lot of our a lot of our listeners today are probably familiar with, Boston Dynamics. If you're not familiar with Boston Dynamics, I'm sure you're familiar with Spot the Robot. We're going to talk about that a little bit with Caleb Sylvester, again the sales manager, industrial applications for. Boston Dynamics. Caleb, thanks for joining us on the Tech Ed Podcast. Yeah, thank you so much. I'm uh, happy to be here. And we are happy to have you here as well. And tell us a little bit, Caleb, if you would, about Boston Dynamics, about your robotics platforms. You know, What's your company's mission? What's your vision? What, what's keeping you busy these days? Yeah. So, I mean, Boston Dynamics is, you know, we're obviously known for our, uh, excuse me, <clears throat> we're obviously known for our uh, YouTube videos and just the sort of inspiring uh, robots that we've been building and working on the challenge of legged robotics. Uh, so that's really our, our passion is is mobile robots uh, that can do really interesting things in the world, go where traditional robots can't go, do things traditional robots can't do. Uh, so we're really pushing the envelope of what's possible with, with robots, especially legged robotics. Awesome. So the, the pushing the envelope indeed, and, and I think we're going to talk about Spot the Robot, which is a way in which you push the envelope, but, but really such an interesting focus on a really... I don't want to say narrow area of robotics, but this legged robotics area is, is really interesting. I actually saw, I believe it was your founder, maybe speaking at, uh, at Automate earlier this year. Does that yep. sound right? Yeah, that's and what, right. What's that gentleman's name? Yeah, Mark Raber. Mark Raber, yeah. He, he, he was awesome. I mean, just, just fantastic and, and, and uh, had just a really personal presentation showing pictures of his house, showing yeah. pictures of, of Spot the Robot kind of running around the house. I think he had like a greenhouse there. It was just absolutely beautiful property, but a, a real dynamic speaker, pardon the, pardon the pun, really interesting speaker. Um, you've gained a ton of fame, Boston Dynamics has, for a number of things, but I think many of our listeners are probably most familiar with the RoboDog Spot. Yep. Um, and and if you if you're like oh I know I saw that but I can't remember where I saw it you probably saw it in the Sam Adams commercial that's right uh, in the 2022 Super Bowl last year I guess earlier this year uh, where Spot the robot was taught to dance like Mick Jagger I think it was was it Maroon Five actually that had the the Mick Jagger dance like Mick Jagger song I forget and I'm looking at our producer Melissa and I'm not sure she knows either yeah um, but but anyway tell us about tell us about Spot all these countless videos all the activity on YouTube social media and so on tell us about Spot yes. Spot is a quadruped robot, meaning it's you know it's moving through the world on four four legs. Excuse me, <clears throat> moving through the world on four legs as opposed to traditional tractor wheeled robots. Um, it's it's got, it possesses something we call athletic intelligence. Okay, which means it's it's moving. It's able to understand what's happening in the world around it in real time and, and react and place its feet in really intentional ways to stay upright, stay balanced, and that enables it to go where humans can go. Um, and go where, and oftentimes, where humans shouldn't go. Um, so it's 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 uh, really unique as a platform. It's, it weighs about seventy pounds. 
Um, and, uh, you know, so it's about the size of a German shepherd. Okay. Um, but it's, it's a, and it can carry about 30 pounds. So it's, it's a unique platform that is, it, it has a, really a special way about how it's able to move through the world, uh, autonomously, uh, you know, and, and through remote operation. Um, so, uh, it definitely is, is, is opening up a lot of doors with what might be possible. If you can, if you have a robot that can go where people can go and carry, 30 pounds worth of worth of payloads yeah absolutely you know we uh first of all it kind of takes on a personality of its own you know i've seen videos of people like trying to push spot over and you know it's a robot but you still kind of feel sorry for it right absolutely yeah no i mean you know that was that was something we learned along the way is that um you know people see these these lifelike robots and they they associate it to what they know in the real world um so it's it's and, and a lot of our robots were designed by watching how animals move through the real world, animals and humans move through the real world. And it really kind of depersonalizes or maybe personalizes and destigmatizes the uh, the whole idea that people have around robots and how they can kind of relate to, to spot the robot. They understand that this is this is a tool to help make your life better. It's a, help us do all kinds of interesting things, all kinds of crazy things and, and, and really improve lives rather than, you know, kind of we're getting away from that old idea that robots are going to take jobs or, or that we should be threatened by them. So so credit to you and to Boston Dynamics and the entire research and development team there for creating something that I think not just has a really, really useful purpose, but also does a great job of, of evangelizing, if you will, for this whole this whole idea of robotics. Yeah, it's, it's only going to get better, really, in terms of how robots interact with humans in the real world. You know, there's a there's a you know really important field, uh, human robot interaction, uh, a lot of times referred to as HRI, and it's something that that we're seeing grow uh, in terms of just the the need for it and the awareness of it, and and the 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 sort of user experience, if you will, of what it means to interact with a robot in the real world. Um, it's it's definitely you, you'll you'll start to see more really intentional uh, things coming in our robots and other in other robots that sort of allow people to understand what this robot is doing and, and how they should interact with it. HRI, human robot interaction. I like that as we sit here at the International Manufacturing Technology Show, lots of things like collaborative robots where now you're seeing people and, and robots working, working side by side, working hand in hand. And and certainly Spot is a, a great example of that, full of artificial intelligence and machine learning as well. You use the term athletic intelligence. And so yeah. I want to go a little bit deeper on that. Uh, when I think of AI or ML, artificial intelligence or machine learning, I actually gave a presentation just yesterday at the Top Shops Expo for Modern Machine Shop, where we talked all about how artificial intelligence and machine learning and various classifications of, you know, whether it's reinforcement, uh, reinforcement machine learning. Um, we, we talked quite a bit about transfer learning, classification learning, supervised learning, unsupervised learning. I've got to believe just about all these technologies alive and well on spot. So talk, if you would, about the artificial intelligence and the machine learning engine behind what we see in Spot the Robot. Yeah, Spot that's a, that's a really good question. So so Spot doesn't doesn't learn in the way you might think it, it learns. It's it, it's artificial intelligence is really in its ability to navigate a real world environment. Um, it uh, is not. It's not actively. It's not an unsupervised learning model where it's where it's seeing an environment and and kind of tweaking its algorithms based on that. That that's not that's not really how Spot moves through the world. The kind of the brilliance of Spot is is that it's it's a it's sort of a roaming IoT platform. So okay. it's designed to go and get uh, you know really 
repeatable structured data that our customers can then use as their ground truth data um, to start building their models. So much of our, so many of our customers are being mandated, hey, you got to move to Industry 4.0. And, you know, practically what that means is you need a lot of data to build algorithms to understand what's happening in your facility. Spot is this incredible tool that actually, you know, really intelligently goes and gets that data. Uh, and so, where, where, what I'm really excited about is, is yes, there's there's some incredible things happening with AI and robots, and and you may have saw saw the recent news that we're actually launching an institute that's really kind of focused on, you know, making robots more intelligent from a from an artificial intelligence perspective. But um, uh, what I'm really excited about with Spot is the it unlocks the ability for our customers to build. Uh, the AI that they need to understand what's going on in their plant. Um, and so if you think about Spot, it's sort of a bridge between, um, you know, getting needing to get data and sensors that collect data and the algorithms that you need to analyze that data, trend that data, and make predictions about what's going to happen in your in your facility. I think you make a couple of interesting points before we get any deeper into that. So this institute that you mentioned, did you name the institute yet? Where is it going to be? What kind of research and, and work is it doing? Yeah, so... Um, I, I, to be totally candid, I, I, I don't, I, I'm not able to go into too much detail okay. there. Um, but it was you're not going to have any breaking <laughs> news here on the TechEd podcast. <laughs> no, MTS, come on, Caleb. Unfortunately, that's here. that's not my role. But um, the you know the, the, our founder Mark Raybird is, is is announcing this this initiative uh, where we're we're going to we're establishing an office in, in Massachusetts to and staffing it up uh, pretty aggressively to 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 really um, you know. Right now, I think I believe the name is the is the Boston Dynamics uh, Institute AI Institute. Okay, uh, great. But uh, I might have that slightly off. Sure. But, um, uh, the idea is, um, you know, a group that's really fully dedicated to solving some of the really hard challenges that no one solved yet, um, and that's really kind of where we've, you know, made a name for ourselves is we're building things that just have never existed, solving problems that no one's been able to figure out. And we just stay, we're just staying sort of really active in that type of mentality. Um, you know, we, we're, we are, you know, we have established commercialized products now that are fantastic that we're, we're selling in the world, but we also want to continue this like really aggressive R&D effort. And clearly you've created an, an incredible track record for aggressive research and development. So we'll look forward to come to whatever comes from uh, and whatever you end up calling it, but the, the Boston Dynamics Artificial Intelligence or AI Institute or whatever the name ultimately ends up being more and more innovation on the way. And we're looking forward to that. You also mentioned this whole idea of a lot of your clients being tw- pushed toward Industry 4.0, connected systems, Internet of Things, whatever it is that we want to call it. We see the same thing, and especially in the in the manufacturing realm, which is obviously where Industry 4.0 got its, got its start in and is probably making the, the greatest progress. You know, one of the things that we talk with manufacturers and with industrial employers, industrial companies about a lot is... Um, look, don't like just set out on this industry 4.0 journey. You don't like wake up one morning and say, Hey, by the end of the year, we're going to be industry 4.0, right? It's really got to be, at least in my opinion, about a business case. And and we cited in the presentation I did yesterday, actually some work by Dr. Jay Lee, who's the vice chairman of Foxconn, largest contract manufacturer in the world. And he leads Foxconn AI, which is their artificial intelligence arm, uh, wrote a whole book 
called Industrial AI. He literally wrote the book on artificial intelligence and industry. Mm -hmm. uh, it reads like a textbook, so it's not like you're uh, if you're familiar with the goal and you love the goal with Alex Rogo and Herbie. You know, 30 years ago, that's not this book. It reads like a textbook. Yeah. But what he says is, he says when data scientists come into industry. They, they first ask, where's the data? Give us all your data. And then they try to figure out what to do with the data. He said it's really about what problems do we want to solve with Industry 4.0? How are we going to drive continuous improvement through a manufacturing operation using all of that big data? So I'd be interested yeah. in maybe staying on this, this topic of Spot the Dog. When you deploy Spot in a manufacturing and an industrial environment, give us some of the use cases that your customers have made for deploying that technology and what benefits they're getting from it. Yeah, man, this is this is the life I live. This is the, <laughs> this is the stuff I chew on every day. So I'm I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. Um, you know, we're seeing a few different really interesting deployments. Um, if you if you think about that push to get data and that need to understand what's happening, how do I predict it? How do I prevent it? You know, what what are my prescriptions for 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 uh, uh, you know, like, let's say eliminating downtime on a particular you know uh, uh, canning line or something like that. Um, you know, the 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 robot becomes this really compelling tool because your options are to send a human to go get that data humans that are busy doing really valuable tasks um, or, uh, you know, fix sensors to that equipment, which if you've got, you know, m mostly these facilities, the scale of them is so incredible. You're right. talking thousands of pumps, motors, bearings, you know, compressed comp compressors, all this stuff, all this equipment that has to be looked at gauges. And, uh, you know, so where Spot is able to, to really solve a problem is you can take one sensor attach it to the back of this robot sort of a mount and move type of type of uh, scenario where now the sensor is mobile and it's autonomous and it's able to go get the data that you need um, and so what we the data the the use cases that we're seeing being really really popular are uh, a th thermal inspection especially on pumps motors bearings um, you know being able to set thresholds and use ai to to you know, detect regions of interest and um, and essentially catch anomalies uh, where you can start to trend out. What is a what's a healthy motor look like? How do we get a motor to last its full life cycle rather than dying? You know, a year into its use when it's supposed to last three years. Right. And now you've got a fifty thousand dollar motor. You've got to replace. Um, so so being able to 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 understand that data, track that data. And then fix that problem before it, it goes down and, and it's too expensive or causes downtime, which is the worst case scenario. Another one we're seeing is compressed air leak detection. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's, there's an energy crisis in the world and uh, people are doing everything they can to find uh, those, those areas where they're consuming too much energy. Air leaks is a, is a huge culprit of that. Um, you know, most, most plants, uh, you know, take a typical automotive plant with just thousands of, of, of miles of, of air of, of compressed airlines, and how do you how do you detect those leaks so that you proactively you know there are leaks you can't hear or see. Right. So uh, we use a sensor from a company called Fluke. Uh, it's the uh, SV six hundred. I was just with those guys in in uh, Belgium about two weeks ago. It's just it's an incredible device, and when you attach it to Spot, now you have this roaming air leak detector. Amazing! Yeah, it's so cool. And so we're seeing we're seeing things like that. We're seeing a lot of just traditional computer vision applications. Sure. Where the robot is going to go out, 
collect a bunch of, of image data, video data, and then analyze that, inference that on the edge to look for things like oh, like 5S boards, which are you know ubiquitous in most f- manufacturing facilities. Someone has to look at a 5S board to right. make sure the tools are there. Right. Spot can do that. Yeah. Um, you know, all sorts of different visual detections that that you know someone you know, transforming an analog gauge to a digital readout. Mm-hmm. Um, something someone's doing. You know, people are walking around looking at gauges, and it's it's a it's a dull sort of you know uh, um, job that is not doesn't it takes a lot of time and doesn't produce a lot of results, right. but it needs to be done. Sure. Um, so. Uh, so, so think of think of Spot as sort of this roaming data collection platform, and that we can attach any sensor to. It's pretty interesting. I'm I'm just loving this conversation. As our listeners well know, and perhaps you do, perhaps you don't. I spent the better part of my career in the world of manufacturing. Yep. So I led three manufacturing companies, serve on the boards of several now. I serve on the board of a private equity group, and we make investments in small to mid sized manufacturing companies. That's where I live. That's what I love. And, yeah. and what I really love is driving performance and figuring out how we take a company that's performing at one level and find ways to, to create a, an entirely different level of, of performance. And especially yeah. on the operation side where there's just, it's amazing how many opportunities you have in literally any manufacturer to drive exponential growth, exponential performance using this kind of technology. So as you're going down this road of talking about, I mean, I can just see it. I'll, I'll give you an example. I, I wrote, um, I led the largest contract metal finishing operation in North America for about 10 years. It was a spinoff of Rockwell Automation. Absolutely gigantic. We we uh, plated 16,000 different SKUs, believe it or not. So Amazing. think about all the different variables, 16 automated production lines. And, and one of the things that, that I'm not sure you touched on, but I think is really interesting is, and, and I saw it in a, in a video of Spot, you know, we, we would have people, not just the, the inefficiency of walking around and doing titrations and taking samples and checking meters and all these other things. It's not just the inefficiency of that, but I'll be honest with you, the worst call I ever got one night, it was 2 in the morning, my phone rang next to my bed, I knew it wasn't good news, yeah. and um, and one of our maintenance technicians hadn't used the right fall protection and it actually slipped into a 200-degree soak tank. Oh, no. Um, about to his knees, a little bit higher, so he survived it, but yeah. it was a long road back for that guy. Oh, so wow. now you've got this technology, right, that, that in, for, in terms of promoting safety in, in times where we would otherwise have maybe put somebody in harm's way or potentially mm. in harm's way. Is that another great application for Spot? It is. Um, you know, just, just the... Yeah, they're, they're, in a typical, say, food and beverage factory, you've got you know the risk of ammonia leaks. Right? Sure, that's a big one. Um, you've got you know maybe in a um, semiconductor plant, you've got various chemicals that are hazardous. So you have these scenarios where a human has to suit up and 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 takes time and it's risky. Um, you know, a nuclear power plants are a place where we have a lot of robots sure. at the moment, and and uh, so there's just there's so much opportunity. To take a, a robot that can go where that human can go, it can step, it can go up and down stairs, it can step across graded floors and catwalks and, and navigate obstacles, um, and so it's able to to quickly get into a location where a human shouldn't be, collect the necessary data, and get back out. And then now you you haven't risked the the life of, of, of a human. You haven't uh, had as much downtime trying to deal with the the scenario uh, waiting on people to suit up and make sure that it's safe and things like that and you you send the robot in and, and even with our manipulator arm when you're in the that scenario and you need to turn a valve or pull a lever you have that uh, capability 
you know, you have one of the coolest jobs I think that anybody could have, that's, right? If you're in industrial great. business development, I mean, <laughs> number one, working around this amazing technology. Number two, working with really, really outstanding and innovative customers. And, and number three, the the business case for what you're doing. It, I mean, I, I know you, I know it takes really talented people like yourself to make the case for for this type of technology. But once you get in front of a customer with that message, it's got to almost sell itself. Doesn't oh, it's it? it's 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 a really beautiful thing to see. I mean, people are just general generally really interested in spot and and uh seeing it in their environment and sort of testing it out and finding the use case but but when we when we're there and we're doing sort of like you know maybe a proof of concept or a pilot project and you see that you see something happen where like for instance one of, one of my customers here in north america their their goal is to just significantly reduce the amount of time their technicians are inspecting. Sure. So they just want to sh- make the shift. They're spending about half their time inspecting, half their time fixing. Okay. They want to they want to reduce that fifty percent down to say twenty ten percent. Sure. So, and, and the idea being, I have these highly skilled laborers. I want them doing the thing they're best at, right. the thing they 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 enjoy doing. Uh, and so when we see that actually happening, where the robot is 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 allowing sort of that value added time for the inspector or excuse me for the uh, technician um and you see that the light bulb sort of go on and the, and the excitement around hey I'm you know we're going we're operating at, at a at a more efficient clip we're preventing downtime we're fixing things that need to be fixed sooner um and we're do and we're able to reallocate these humans to more valuable tasks it's just it's exciting it's really, you know, it's rewarding to see it play out. And it's both. And I, you know, I spent a lot of time in business development over my years and it was, there was nothing more rewarding than actually having a solution that makes somebody's life better, that helps Absolutely. them accomplish a goal. And that, and that makes getting up in the morning and, and developing new customers and new relationships worth it all. And, and you, and you feel like you're doing good, right? You, yeah. you feel like you're doing important work. And it, it doesn't hurt that it's a really cool robot. Too, <laughs> right. Exactly. So. It doesn't hurt that it's a, a really cool robot. So while we're talking about this whole idea of having an incredible job, having a, having a career that, that you find so rewarding. Lots of really rewarding careers on the technology side as well, not just the business development side. I want to dive Absolutely. into that a little bit. We had Damon Provost, who leads the uh, University of Michigan Robotics Institute on the podcast earlier this year, maybe last year. And he talked all about these careers as roboticists, right? Yeah. I think that's a word that maybe some people aren't familiar with. But but Boston Dyna- Dynamics employs tons of engineers and roboticists that are developing these cutting-edge solutions. So what kind of skills and character traits are important on the technical side for people doing that kind of work? Yeah, that's a good question. And, and um, you know, we're if definitely navigate to our website, look at our jobs board, keep an eye on it. We're, we're constantly looking for really talented people. Um, you know, it really depends on which area you're going to, to focus on. But a, a really good entry point is a role that we call field applications engineer. Okay. It's, um, it's, a, it's a really kind of a growing need. And that, that's a person who's really sort of boots on the ground with the customer, helping them to deploy the robot, helping to set up network networking, uh, teach the robot its, its autonomous paths, you know, do s- simple, you know, programming. Um, and the, the, the typical sort of skill set there is usually somebody with a computer science degree or a mechanical engineering degree. And then they're, and then they're sort of, they're blending. If they're on the ME side, they're, they're learning Python, you know, sure. uh, if, if they're on the computer science side, they're work, they're learning CAD and, you know, and, and they're sort of cross training and becoming yep. 
better at these skills. But um, that's a that's a really exciting way to enter into our company because you're hands on with the robot. You're you're getting to go out in the field and see what how the customer is using the robot. Um, and it's it's a it's one of those ones where you get to learn a lot about you get to take the the skills you've been developing and and uh, for your degree and you, you know really do some practical stuff uh, that that sort of um, has that great entry level role in our company um, and then go from there and that could be you know you know people who are focused on vision systems you know uh, uh, autonomy. Um, you know, controls, engineers, there's, there's, there's stuff kind of for everyone, uh, you know, uh, even machinists, of course, we have our own machine shop where we, we do a lot of really incredible stuff. So there's, there's a lot of opportunity. I didn't realize. So here at IMTS, obviously seeing all the, all the technology, you've got, you've got your own machine shop and you've got, you've got tremendous manufacturing capability. We'll stay on the topic just for a moment on the the engineering side, and, and you touched on what I think is a, is a trend that people are just starting to realize, and that's this whole idea of what we call the ITOT convergence, or the, the convergence of operations technology and information technology. And, um, and, and when you think about it, you talk about a manufacturing engineer who's learning Python, which would be traditionally kind of a computer science yeah. role, and you've got, you've got a, uh, I think you said a computer, a computer scientist who's who's learning CAD and, and understanding mechanical design and so on. There really is this this convergence of these different roles, which I think is really interesting. If yep. you're deciding to be a manufacturing engineer, that's not a life sentence, right? You've got all these opportunities to, totally. to move in different directions. And, yeah. and and so I think that part of that part of the whole world of, of manufacturing and, and engineering and development is, is fascinating, the ITOT convergence. Um, and, and then getting back to this topic of you've got your own machining operation i've got to believe as advanced as your technology is on the on the uh, uh, the robotic side you've got advanced machining capability we're here at the international manufacturing technology show have you had a chance to to walk around at all i have yeah we have we have some some customers here and some partners um so i, I made a, a point to go in and check on those folks we have a, a few people who brought their spot robots to the show excellent uh up at the there's a booth uh for leica uh, we we have a really close partnership with with them, uh, where where Spot is integrated to uh, to their lidar scanning platforms. Uh, so Spot is essentially being used to autonomously build digital twin, okay, uh, which is pretty pretty That's cool really use cool, case. Yeah. Um, and then uh, similar with Faro, a Faro laser scanning, um, sure. same exact use case. So they, both those. Then uh, there's another company I'd, I'd heard that they maybe brought a robot, but um, Nexa 3D. It's a 3D printing sure, company I know well. you bet. who's 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 been you know really looking at Spot in some pr- really kind of innovative ways. I'll let them tell that story, but that that there's a. Uh, there's some so there's a few like that, but that's that's probably pretty much the extent of what I've seen so far. Okay, yeah, I've been so busy in the booth, I yeah. haven't had a chance to walk around yet, but I'm I'm really Same. looking forward to spending some time with with with, with so many of our partners. And I, I just I love hearing about all these use cases for Spot. You know, yeah. the the imagination runs wild, doesn't it? It does. It's it's incredible. I even have have one manufacturer in Texas using the robot as a sort of a perimeter security robot to 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 to, to check us, you know several things around their sort of fence line. You know, so there's. There's all sorts of really interesting ways you could go. I think the lowest hanging fruit tends to be sort of that condition monitoring. Everyone is trying to learn more about what's happening in their facility spot. Solves a really interesting problem there. 
solving plenty of really interesting problems. I've got I've got two questions um, in the time we have remaining, which is about a minute or so. So okay. we'll kind of pack them both into one question. You know, my first question, Caleb, is t- just talk just briefly about your education pathway and how it led to the role that you have. And then yeah. secondly, uh, we're going to ask you if you have one piece of advice for a high school sophomore. What would that piece of advice be? Oh, man. Wow. So uh, my path is a non-traditional one. Uh, you know, I was I, I studied uh, uh, public relations oh, yeah, uh, awesome. at a small liberal arts yeah. school. Which one? Which uh, school? College of the Ozarks. Okay, uh, yeah. And in, in, in down in Southwest Missouri. You bet. Um, it's called Hard Work. You uh, was the mantra, but yeah. essentially, you 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 work and attend cl- courses at the same time. You work on campus and great. sort of work off your tuition. Love it's it. An interesting model, but um, so. Uh, from there, I you know I, I was I was really intrigued by the startup world and just got into um, a couple different startups uh, really early on in my career. Um, mostly software development, mostly focused around payment processing um, and, and specifically for online donations, which was kind of a weird niche. Sure. Um, fast forward, uh, you know, I, I ended up at a at a at a company in South Florida. Uh, called Levitas, and at that company, they're actually a really close partner of Boston Dynamics. And at that company, you know, I, I helped to build out the data science machine learning practice. Okay. And we were we were working with you know a who's who of Fortune 100 companies, you know, really early on in in the sort of machine perception uh, days. And so that's really where I started to transition into sort of big data and ML. Uh, I'll speed this up, yep, good, uh, and right. then yeah, it's such a fascinating yeah. background going all day, right? Yeah, so so that so that's what led me to Spot is is you know we were looking for a way to get cameras into a nuclear power plant, okay, and and there was just no way to do it, and huh. and Spot was the only option. So we were actually customer. I was a customer of Boston Dynamics before I was an employee. And here you are responsible for global business development for that organization. One piece of advice for a high school sophomore before we sign off. Yeah, so a high school sophomore, you know. S- don't 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 uh, don't hesitate to jump in the STEM program. It's there's just so many cool things like, and so many high schools now are really emphasizing STEM. It's great to see. Yeah, let's 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 get more people in in into the STEM programs. You know, join that that robotics team. Um, you know, I, I I can't I can't emphasize it enough. Like we need more engineers. We need more fo- people focused on, on on science and technology. Um, and so that's, that's it is, and I, I preach it to my own kids is, is there's, there's so many things you can even learn on your own. Uh, and then there's this incredible amount of, of, of programs and resources available. Let's get more people into STEM programs. We're glad that we got Caleb Sylvester into the Tech Ed podcast booth this morning at the International Manufacturing yeah, Technology Show here in tech, in Chicago, Thanks so much, Illinois. Man. Yeah, Caleb, it was great having you with us. He is the sales manager in, for industrial applications for Boston Dynamics. I'm Matt Kirkner. Thanks so much for being with us on the Tech Ed podcast. Thanks, man. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Tech Ed podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe, leave a review, and if you like this episode, share it with a friend. New episodes launch every Tuesday, so listen in next week.